something did happen in this house and I want to move. The squirrel is still somewhere on the premise. We don't know. Maybe that's why Loki started barking. Is the squirrel running across the living room? What the fuck? Yeah, update on the squirrel. We haven't seen it since. We just lived like this now. Welcome back to the Shaken Not Scared podcast, the podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror movies while we try to come up with a theme drink to go with it. Here with you as always, your hosts Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to talk about the 2010 movies Insidious, directed by James Wan. But first, how are you, Vivi? I'm in a good mood today. You are? Yeah. You're fully recovered, is that why? Fully recovered from the vaccine, I hope so. It's also a really nice day today. It is 80 degrees here. And we haven't gone outside. <laughs> no, because it's the Chicago land area. I know that a few episodes ago we were like, it's finally nice. And then it got horribly cold again. Oh, yeah. I think it even snowed. If you've ever been in the Chicago land area, you know that nothing matters here in terms of weather forecasts. No. It could be snowing right now and then 80 degrees later today. Now that summer's approaching, I'm hoping that more creepy content is coming because there's a lot of horror conventions and events are starting to open up. Yeah. There's horror cons. I know that we want to go to New Orleans. So maybe we could do that this year. That'd be fun. Do some tours, some voodoo tours and... Yeah, we're going to Colorado. We should find out if there's creepy stuff in Colorado to do. Oh, I'm sure there is. We should. Especially in Breck, because Breck's pretty historic. We'll keep you guys posted, I guess, once we go to Denver and find out creepy stuff in nowhere. In the mountains. Well, let's talk about creepy content before we dive into the movie. Do you have anything for me? Yeah, I haven't been watching too much stuff. We've continued watching In Search of Darkness, too. Still not done with it. It's like a four-hour documentary, like the first one. The first one felt like it was so fast, but it's also four hours, right? Yeah, we divided it up. Like this one, like every night we just watch a little bit and then... Pass out like old people? Yeah. <laughs> and then I started watching, because of In Search of Darkness, a host on there is uh, a commentator a lot. He hosts a podcast and a YouTube channel called Dead Meat. I've been watching his videos lately, specifically his kill count videos where he kind of like literally analyzes every kill in horror movies. So that's been fun. Analyzes? Yeah, he like breaks down how many kills there is for like minute, the like gender oh, okay. thing. And like, it's it's pretty cool. It's a unique idea. <laughs> I thought you meant analyzing like, for example, Could this, this really one. happen or? No, not even that. I was thinking more simple like, and then he strangles her until she dies. <laughs> that's the analysis. <laughs> How much strength does he need to strangle her until she dies? Let's go calculate the amount of strength. I mean, you could do that if you wanted to in your show, but no, he more breaks down like Why, gendered when? kills or how many in the total movie, yeah. stuff like that. Best one, worst one in the film. I think I saw you watching that and I was thinking about how some of these haunted films never end up having anybody actually die. Oh yeah, it's all about fear for the soul. Yeah, and this one, I guess someone does that, but oh, it's, yes. like, it's not very common to have very many deaths like in other actually movies. that's not true because in the exorcist a lot of people die as the result of the demon exactly. not the main character that gets possessed but yeah i, I mean I just, my my thought is more that like the kill counts aren't always very it's high not a slasher as exorcist i guess is, is pretty high yeah it's yeah. A, an exception but a lot of these like i think omen? in amity of horror no one dies but in the omen a lot of people die i haven't seen that uh, i saw the new it's one so long and it it's not worth the payout in my opinion the one sorry I, I know it's a classic <laughs> but it, i don't think it is cool well i have a little bit of a follow-up to last week's creepy content mm -hmm. i mentioned i was gonna read the 2019 absolute carnage see if it's actually scary i don't know that it was actually scary up front but there is some themes of you know murder and things like that i was uh, gonna say is it gory it hasn't been super gory. I, if it's weird because carnage is a red symbiote like no one's actually died yet in what mm -hmm. i've seen but because he's red he's oozy there's themes of <laughs> it like, just blood. Looks like blood already yeah 
Carnage, for those who don't know, is actually the symbiote that was tied to Cletus Cassidy, who is known in the Marvel Universe as a serial killer who has more body counts than any dictator or plague. Dictator or plague, huh? Yeah. That's pretty intense. Yeah, he's killed a lot of people. So he, in this series, is collecting the codices that I mentioned last time. It's like these things that supposedly anybody who has ever had a symbiote in them, a little piece of the symbiote gets left behind in their DNA. And so he's going through and collecting these pieces for Yeah, you said he's ripping out spines, right? Yeah, so the, right in the first issue, there's a scene where Spider-Man and Eddie Brock, who's Venom, he's asking for Spider-Man's help. They're watching the news, and the news report shows that there's a mass grave site found in New Jersey where the people aren't necessarily newly killed. There are people who have been dead for weeks, if not months, and some years, but all their spines are missing. It's a huge deal because Eddie Brock's Ew. like, some of those people are people who had symbiotes before. Mm-hmm. So like Captain America, Spider-Man, Norman Osborn. I guess, spoiler, if you haven't read this. It's from 2019. <laughs> you had three years to read it. <laughs> but the, there's a kid who's with him who thinks that Eddie Brock's his brother, like long lost brother. It actually turns out it's his long lost dad. Eddie's his dad and he hasn't told him because he's like, everything I love and touch dies. So it's a very, you know, depressing story. If Marvel oh. Comics is your thing and... You like creepy stories? Check out the Absolute Carnage. I'll keep you guys updated as I continue to read it. Yeah, don't know if we talked about this on the last episode, but we watched the movie a couple of years ago. Venom. Yeah, not great. <laughs> so I started thinking about that and the story that Eddie Brock's in now, and I'm wondering if the movie was done themed after the latest Venom stories, mm. and not so much the origin, which we know is like, oh, he's jealous of Peter Parker because he stole his pictures, or whatever stuff, and. The Daily Bugle. But now it's more like Eddie Brock's like an anti-hero mm-hmm. in that he's used the Venom. A tortured soul. Yeah. Cool. So maybe it'll improve Venom too. I don't know. I do like... Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. Oh, man. Tom Hardy. Your a man, man that I wish I could look like. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like your biggest man crush. Him and huge Jackman. You've said before that you want Tom Hardy to be Wolverine now going forward. Yeah, it'd be so cool. But it's too late. He's Venom now. Yeah. Sony owns the rights to the Spider-Man like network, so... So they're not gonna... No, even even for the Marvel Universe to use Spider-Man has been like a whole ordeal. Yeah, it's it only is. like contractual. I mean, it, I don't know. At this point, Marvel just buy Sony. Yeah, I also feel like Sony is literally ruining it for everyone. Just give it up. If you're listening to this for horror and I started talking about Marvel Comics, I'm sorry. But there are creepy comics out there. So let's talk about the cocktail real quick. It looks pretty. I am finally excited about a cocktail again because last week's was a pretty big fail. I liked it. The you liked the penicillin, not yeah. the <laughs> awful shooter. If you guys liked it, let us know, though. Maybe someone We're, else out there liked it. If you're into cleaning products, <laughs> yeah, let us know. We'll call help for you. But no, this one I'm going to call the Fireface Margarita. And I basically made a frozen margarita and layered just like a typical layer of strawberry frozen margarita like you would normally have, but then did like a black layer of frozen. It's frozen pomegranate juice mixed with activated charcoal to give it the black color. It's wow. inspired by the main demon. That's seen throughout the film. I don't know if he's ever given a name. Yes. He and is. actually, my fun fact might change the name of this drink. Oh, no. Of, yeah. Okay. Maybe it will. <laughs> All right. But it looks really cool for once, and I'm pretty sure it's going to taste decent because it's just a frozen margarita. <laughs> cool. So if you like aesthetically pleasing drinks, too, this is fun. This is why the strawberries were on the counter. I just ate a bunch. Oh. I thought you were eating them because they were almost going bad. Decided to drink them. Oh, I like this. It is sweet, but I like the... I like sweet and salty. Stuff. it's like not yeah sweet it's not a... super sweet the sweetest part is probably the juice and the berries mm-hmm. but i added because again it's fireface i didn't mezcal and tequila ah that's what i taste I yeah love the smokiness of the mezcal Eesh, i love mezcal if you haven't been introduced to mezcal you definitely are missing out i think most people have now at this point especially since clooney has uh his own uh, mezcal don't buy clooney's 
No. Go Support buy. actual Mexican products mm-hmm. of Moscato. Yeah. So try it. It's really good. I like it. And I'm, I don't even like sweet stuff. I'm going to give it a five out of five. I give it a four. Nice. Yeah. Is there ever a drink you're going to give a five out of five? I don't know. That's like You've really never hard. given anything a five out of five. Have I? I no. Not even zombie dust? I don't think I've I guess we'll that. have to drink zombie dust on yeah. the next episode. <laughs> it's really good. But so I'm going to tell you why the name might change. And actually, I think you might like the name more because you like makeup. I'm more. not wearing any right now is the funny part. <laughs> so I can dive into the fun facts yeah, just to segue it. off of that. The demon was actually named the Lipstick Face Demon. Mm, they do mention that. Because the makeup department actually used lipstick to paint his face. No way. Yeah, <laughs> it's very short. <laughs> so you said Fireface Margarita? I'm going to keep Fireface. Yeah, okay. Because lipstick margarita sounds like something else. <laughs> Does it? Like you put lipstick in it? Yeah, like you're trying to be cute. And this drink is supposed to not be, it's supposed to be demonic. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But so yeah, his, his name is the Lipstick Demon. For those of you who know how much I love Sinister, <laughs> Ethan Hawke was actually supposed to play Josh. Oh, really? Yeah, he turned the film down and gave it to Patrick Wilson. But Ethan Hawke actually went on to do Sinister two years later. Uh, it was released in 2012. It's a very similar role. I don't understand like what makes people decide yes, no to certain roles when they're exactly the same. I would say that Patrick Wilson ended up the winner there because I'm sure working with James Wan set him up to work with him in the Warren universe that we've been calling. Apparently he already knew that he wanted to do Conjuring at the time of this movie. The guy who plays Specs, one of the two investigators who mm-hmm. was with Elise, I like is actually Leigh Whannell, the writer of Insidious and the first Saw film. He's the writer, so he plays huh. into the movie. The scene where Josh is like staying late at the school for work on the chalkboard, there's a drawing of Saw, Jigsaw. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up oh, next okay. in, case, in case people didn't see it, but no, that's great. Thank you. So, brief? Or do we want to do our briefs now? Just forget what IMDb says and we give you the quick and skinny. So this one's actually pretty short, so I could go ahead and read it anyways. Okay. IMDb. It says, parents take drastic measures when it seems their new home is haunted and their comatose son is possessed by a malevolent entity. That's it. He's not even comatose. It's funny with IMDb's overviews because there are some that go into crazy detail and then there's some that are just like one sentence. This is what happens. You could skip it. Keep going. And it's funny because I feel like they go into details in movies that don't need to go into detail like that. And the ones that are super extensive, they're like a short sentence. Is IMDb crowdsourced? That's a good question. I don't know. Where people can update the page themselves? Possibly. That would explain some of the inconsistencies. So it's Bibi's turn this week. I think it should be for every, you know, this one was like an hour 40. Yeah. Do like a minute 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know Give me I mean? a minute 40. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. It's not going to go well. One, two, three, go. So this family has just moved into this house and there's already kind of like hints of creepy stuff happening. Books are flying off shelves and the dad's a teacher. The mom's staying at home working on her music and their son just one day falls off a ladder and the next day just does not wake up. They think it's head injury. They take him and they're like, we don't know what's happening. He'll probably come out of the coma soon. It's three months later. At this time, the mom is seeing seriously creepy stuff happen in the house. She hears a strange man on the baby monitor. Takes way too long to go check on her child and stuff like that. She sees people coming in through her windows and like the husband's kind of like not able to deal with all the stress of this and is staying later, later at home. We found out later why because... They eventually don't know what to do anymore. The stuff is just too creepy and they call like a medium. A medium that their mom, his mom specifically knows. And she basically tells them that their son is in a coma because he can astral project 
and he's in another dimension and he's just not come back to his body and the demons and the ghosts are all trying to capture come into his body uh swear to god okay <laughs> and uh so it turns out that the, the dad can also do this and he's like probably repressing it and that's why he doesn't want to deal with it but he has to and the medium helps him go into this further to get his son from this crazy lipstick demon and uh they do but then in the end we find out that the demon that's been haunting the dad his whole life actually entered the dad's body and the dad kills the medium and the wife finds out through a picture and that's how she knows ah, you did it i thought you seconds. were gonna give me a minute 40 i did that's, oh, okay. that's what i'm saying you made it <laughs> you made it at 132 okay awesome. so bad i think we're getting better at this. that was really good well last time we gave ourselves too much time yeah and minutes. we try to come in too short let's dive into it i mean mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that i wanted to point out that i made you not say because i was like save it for the show well it's hard to remember because we watched this in halves we, we did we got we got sleepy <laughs> <laughs> the thing with this family being in the house i always wonder why the theme is always everyone's moving in it's a new place the haunting only started happening when we moved into this new house later we find out that obviously this has been going on and the wife is just unaware could you imagine i always think about these movies and how like one party in the family is more affected by what's going on than the other. He's also like avidly avoiding it. And he kind of doesn't know because they said they repress his memories, right? Yeah. So he doesn't even know what's happening. He's the one that's disbelieving But he's got to know to some extent. Otherwise, why would he be so keen to stay away? You know, it's like, I feel like he just doesn't want to confront it. Yes. So imagine getting into a relationship where your partner has this other kind of baggage. You always think the baggage is like another lover or... Childhood mom, trauma. Daddy issues. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But it's... They've come from this haunting... Demons. It's literal <laughs> demons. Yeah. I, I would like to know if you have any demons. Me? Yeah. That um, follow you. That's just why I burn off so much energy. I just am like trying to... Oh, run away from your problems. Yeah. Mm. Do you have demons? More of a reason to not have children if demons are following you. <laughs> Do you have demons? Oh, uh, you know, just the regular, like, alcoholic ones. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that developed during quarantine. Yeah, y'all think we film these every week. We film them every day just so that you back can keep up back drinking. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You really don't. No, you think we're alcoholic. We just enjoy a drink or two every day. A day. <laughs> but I think if this was real, it'd be tough. Because you could see the themes in him, right, where he's thinking she's crazy he isn't necessarily a crappy husband because he continues to support, support her, her and she's like i'm not i can't keep up with this this is too much she's like let's move and i thought about what would we do if that happened here it's honestly um, not that easy because she's like we need to leave tonight and the next scene the is next them. scene is them moving into <laughs> yeah i was thinking that because they just bought this other house i'm like how easy is it to just buy another house when you still have like, that's got to mess up your credit. That's got to, like, not be good. This guy apparently makes so much money off of yeah. the teacher's salary. I was like, you can't afford a house. <laughs> the first house they move into, let alone the second one, the first one on a teacher's salary. Right. Alone. You get the sense that they're kind of already in turmoil for some reason. Like, they already kind of moved because of something not working out for them. So it's like that theme in haunting movies where hauntings only happen to, like, families in turmoil. And then the whole thing with their son happens but go ahead Point no that's good i like that because they do love seem... me some turmoil <laughs> well I, yeah, yeah i do but it's <laughs> <laughs> i thought it only i was noticing that so i'm happy that you also saw that because they seem like a healthy couple i mean the kids are fine that i just the baby cries not a lot too sure. maybe they're they're living at the edge of their means they're at the edge of their means and it seems like she's also taken time off to work on her music possibly because they also had a baby yeah who knows Right. The hauntings have been happening. What do you do when kids are also in the house and could possibly also be the reason that things seem out of place? 
Because she later, oh, yeah. when she finds the books on the floor, she's like, hey, if you're going to touch my books, put them back where you found them. And I was thinking, put yourself in those shoes. You have a child and, uh, you know, you have several, or right? You have a baby, you have two little boys. Yeah. They could possibly do anything in the house and you walk into a room and be like, this wasn't here when I last came in here. But like, yeah. it could very easily be just the kid who did it. Well, there's scenes in here where the kids are at school and the only one left is the baby. I think the creepiest scene we get right away is when she's playing music and hears the voice. Yeah, even before that, actually, the opening sequence is pretty cool. With the old lady? What is she, La Llorona? Oh, yeah. Like, what is... <laughs> yeah, I think her backstory is explained in part two, and it turns out to be a man. It's not even a woman. So it's, a, it's a man dressed as an old lady? Yes. Oh. I think the backstory is, like, they were a transgender person. I could be wrong. I haven't seen Insidious 2 in a long time. I saw that 3 is a prequel. Oh, okay, maybe. And the, the lady, Elise, is in all four of them, apparently. Yeah, but she dies <laughs> at the end of this one. I, I, I haven't seen the other one, so that's what I want to rewatch them to kind of remember how. It could just all be in flashbacks. But the opening sequence is pretty cool because it's showing you the house, but it's showing you already that like creepy hauntings are happening in this house before Dalton even enters his coma. They it's... have a scene of like footprints being left in the hallway and then like the lamps moving. Is it the same house? Are we supposed to understand that? A, a cool thing about this movie, I think worth pointing out, is it's filmed in very like sepia tones. Mm. There's no bright colors. It's all like muted colors. It's very James Wan. Yeah. Because Conjuring also is very like muted colors. Mm-hmm. Saw too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which we'll get to eventually. <laughs> But so it is the same house then? Yes, I thought it was a Because then it kind of just like fades into the actual scene of the movie. Does it? Yeah. Right after we see the old lady and then it's the open sequence. I thought it was later a tie to Josh's past where he used to live with oh. Lorraine. So I wasn't sure if it was the same house. I thought it was just like, oh, okay, so that's what that scene in the beginning was. It's that this was Josh's upbringing. Creepy Unless they all just happened. lived in the same house. Creepy stuff happens in what? Nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's creepy stuff happening in his like childhood. Every time we say creepy stuff happening, I just think of in nowhere. creepy yeah. stuff happens in nowhere. The scary part we get to of the mom hearing the voice on the baby monitor. We were talking about this. So like, She takes a very long time to get up there thinking she hears a man's voice. She does. And you were like, I would go run upstairs immediately. I would. What would you do, though? I don't because know. Because if there is a man in there... And I'm not home because I think Josh at this point is still at work. Cause yeah, he's, kids he's are at school. Home. I think he, I'd run up there with like something, you know, I'd like try to grab the nearest thing and run up there. She just stays listening to the whispers. The well, whispers you pointed say. out later that these baby monitors used to pick up different frequencies, which later the husband also says. He, if you went upstairs, I would tell you to not. I know that the baby's by itself, but what are you going to do? And if there's a guy. At this point, she doesn't know it's a ghost. She just thinks yeah. it's some dude who got inside. The whole sequence where later Josh is also home and the alarm goes off is stressful, too, because you try to put yourself in that situation. Fear, I think, in these movies is more realistic when it can actually happen to you. The ghosts and spirit stuff, demon stuff, that, that's all like, eh, whatever. But the stuff that seems very yeah, realistic. Demons are whatever. Yeah. But the stuff that seems very realistic and you put yourself in that situation of like, what would I do is the stuff that I think is more scary. The alarm goes off. Uh-huh. the husband's like stay upstairs and he goes by himself not to say that i'm a wimp and would be like i'm not gonna go downstairs by myself i'd, I'd want you to come with me because i let's say i do go open the door someone's already inside the house i'm looking outside and someone could be behind me and i won't even know it i'd be like no you stand behind me from a distance so you're a second set of eyes in case something does creep up behind me because the door is wide open when he gets downstairs yeah 
something that I think is crazy, even though this movie was only shot 10 years ago, I think things would be different because like now we even have like a video camera for our dog in our tiny condo. I think you would be in a better position now because you could see on the monitors the situation downstairs Paranormal or activity in the style? room. Yeah, <laughs> before you went in there. He ends up going downstairs and you pointed out that why would you open the door and look outside? I know that people yeah. do this in movies. I don't think I would. I'd be like, no, I'm not I'd the immediately door. just call the police. Even if I knew someone was at the door that I actually knew and can see, I don't act like I'm home if I'm not expecting them. <laughs> this, I got this. Sorry, guys. You didn't call ahead. <laughs> Bye. I got this straight from my parents. My dad would run to the room. <laughs> He'd be like, we're not home. Everybody shut the hell up. Turn the TV off. <laughs> like, your dad sounds like the antisocial person I am. Oh, no. He was super social, but just didn't like it. When but you need to call house. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I need a heads up in my underwear. But, you know, all this is happening after Dalton's in a coma. He's set up at home, pretty much, which is so sad. His whole story is pretty sad because I think it's interesting that his story is that he goes to purgatory thinking that he can fly as a superhero. You see it in his little artwork. Yeah. And is that like, I can see myself. I can fly around. He's got himself drawn with the cable. I was like, that's so sad because it's so pure as a kid. But it's all fucked, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, because he's actually in another dimension with demons and ghosts. Yeah. Also shows you how children are not afraid of anything. No, because how long did it take him to find out that there's this demon world? Like, yeah. is there a positive astral plane? I was actually thinking this. You know how people control, like, lucid dreams and stuff? If you got a handle on this, could you, like, explore these places and still... Because when the dad does go into the further, it's called... And he fights with this, like, vampire biker-looking dude. Elise is like, you're alive, you're stronger than them. And he can, like, shake them off immediately after that. Is it, like, the same as controlling, like, lucid dreams? Perhaps. This is, again, diving into if astral projection is real or not. I wonder if there's a positive astral plane. Because this kid couldn't have just suddenly found out that the further was a thing. Well, Elise explains it that he wasn't afraid because he thought they were dreams. But then his drawing said that he saw his sleeping body. Yeah, but if it's always the further, which is this place with bad spirits, why would you continue to want to go? Yeah. I'm thinking that there might have been a positive side to it at some point. It and lured it suddenly him in. turned dark. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Because um, you're a kid. I mean, yeah, I just thought it was dreams. Like, okay, I just thought it was dreams and I was always tormented by ghosts. I don't know. I wouldn't keep going. <laughs> One of the scenes that is like kind of proof that... The wife's not going crazy and the husband's just being like absentee is when she finds the bloody hand on Dalton's blanket and like throws it at him. And I think it's that night that they have that argument where he's like sleeping on the couch, right? Because they fought. And that's when the ghost is walking back and forth in her window. Looks like there's a balcony out their window. That scene is really cool. And then suddenly he's inside. And attacking her. Oh, this movie, like, I don't I don't know if you think this movie is cheesy, but I think it's so great. It's one of my favorites. I forgot all about it. Great effects. Yeah, could you imagine waking up and he's walking outside back and forth and just inside it, he all He walks of inside, yeah. You don't expect it. No, you don't. After that scene where he, like, lunges at her is where she's like, we gotta move. We gotta get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, fine. And they're in another house. She's home alone. I don't want to skip the song. The theme song for this whole movie I think is great. It's just like blaring crazy noise that like agitates your senses. You see it a lot on TikTok. You do. Renee is kind of taking care of the house and she's moving things around like a mom does. And it's kind of a like blink and you miss it moment because I was like, is that a kid in the laundry room? He looks like a coat because it's next to the coat It looks like a coat. And you had to rewind it, and yeah, it's the kid. He's in old school clothing. He looks kind of like a paper boy. Yeah. And he's messing with her because she's listening to a record player. Some classical music. And she's outside, and the record scratches, and it changes to that song. 
and tiptoe through the tulip song the kids just like dancing in the living room and she's like what the hell and she runs inside but that song i know that you say it's this it's related to this movie and a lot of people associate to this i can't not think about spongebob i looked it up because i always thought you were wrong about this song. i mean i didn't necessarily say that it was exactly the song from spongebob i just said that it reminds me of the song so it is the same singer so it's very similar style but the one in spongebob is living in the sunlight and the one in insidious is tiptoe through the tulips but i think that's why when i hear the tiptoe through the tulips i can't you even still think just of... think of spongebob yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know why because it sounds super similar but I, I always thought like no i think it's different so we had to look it up sorry <laughs> Fun story. Fun facts. Yeah, I love the use of this song. I think it Do you makes, think it's creepy? Oh, it makes the demon way creepier really? than having like... I have a good time. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like imagine like a, a psycho killer coming towards you and singing this song. I'd be like, what is wrong in. with you? <laughs> probably join in singing mm, songs. You might be the psycho killer. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Look, I know you're going to kill me, but I really like this song. This is my jam, bro. Thanks for choosing this to be the theme song of my death. Good call. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more ominous than having like a creepy song playing. The song is being played and this is when the mom is actually for real saying, apart from that man who she saw in the baby's room, she sees this little kid and is being tormented for real for real in this new house. This is like the final straw for her and she calls Josh's nice. mom. Josh comes home and is like, what's happening? And his mom sits down and tells him that she had a dream about the house, which makes me think like their entire family has some kind of like psychic association with dreams. Right, because Lorraine's character, although she's introduced late into the movie, she's definitely, something's up with her. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you start to realize that perhaps there's more to this than has been going on the entire time. Yeah, more. Josh she knows been... more than she's letting on. Lorraine is explaining that she had a dream and she felt like someone was in the house awake with Dalton and she goes into the room. It shows the figure in the corner of the room with the long nails just pointing at the child. It's just a shadow and it's like terrifying. And then she's like asking it questions, which I don't know if I would do. I think I'd just be like, all right, peace out. Bye. <laughs> just leave it, leave it there <laughs> no. with him. She's like, what do you want? And it says Dalton. And it's it's narrating the story in flashback and then it shows back to her and she like turns around to face her son. I, I think I talked about this scene before. The scene changed me as a person. Really? <laughs> it's like one of those scenes where I was like, damn, I love horror movies. It's completely unexpected. It's just the demon's face behind her son and she freaks out. There's no scary music leading up to it. So you don't know it's coming at all. And I think that's why this scene is so great. It happens so much now in more recent movies that now I do expect it when there's no sound. Now like, you're just on edge the entire time. It's really good. I thought it was really cool. His face is right by Josh. But... Yeah, we, we get introduced to so much more about this backstory. Right after this, we learn that Josh's mom's like, I know a guy, basically. And Edward and Lorraine Warren enter. Step in. And Patrick Wilson looks at Patrick Wilson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they missed an opportunity. It should have just been, they, they should have just owned That's it That's where too. they introduced the Warren universe. They should have just owned it too. Just have Patrick Wilson play Josh and Patrick Wilson play Ed. And then <laughs> just, just add side act burns. like it's normal. Yeah, but we do get introduced to the wannabe Ghostbuster squad. They like portray them so funny and they're like nerds who are paranormal investigators. They're like socially awkward yeah. to some extent, right? I don't think they were socially awkward because I'm one of those people. But I think it's funny that the one guy's like, oh, we usually try to come and investigate before Elise comes because we want to weed out the weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> and so and then 
Josh is like, we are the weirdos, Mister. Yeah. So they do this whole thing. They pull out all these devices. It reminded me of Zach Baggins and his electromagnetometer. I, th- I think that's kind of what they're <laughs> trying to like make fun of, right? Uh, at least um, they weren't walking around just pretending to be possessed like Zach Baggins and just throwing lunch. themselves at Josh. You bring that up like every time we talk about a possession <laughs> film. It truly annoyed you to your core, it does, didn't oh it? Oh my god, he's so stupid. Anyway, if you like Zach Baggins, that's your fault. I think this scene is pretty cool because um, one of the paranormal investigators sees essentially what I like to call the Shining Twins grown up, just standing in the corner of the room, smiling menacingly. Were they the same ones in that family scene? Where I think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Why were they together then? Because it seems kind of like one went crazy and killed the family. Yeah, it seems like they were sisters. I think it's... And they're just like cool in the afterlife? I don't know. That's a backstory worth uh, looking into. It's cool. We're both dead. It's fine. Yeah. I got over it. Thanks. We got no one else to hang out with in the afterlife. (laughs) So after that happens, they're like, yeah, call the medium. So so Elise comes and she's this very happy-go-lucky lady. She's very much just your typical polite older lady. I think it's a common theme to have this character that can see negative or bad, but they they themselves are a very positive person. Which I think you need to be, right? Like Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter who can see... Or am I thinking of another character like Luna? Possibly. Luna can see these things called Thrustle... I can't pronounce it, but essentially those horses that pull the wagons at Hogwarts that are invisible to everyone except the people who have seen death firsthand. Okay, because I'm thinking of another character then from something else. But basically there's like these characters in other content that when they can see deaths or they can see the negative things of life, they're usually a more positive character. Are you thinking like Poltergeist with the super like high-pitched lady who's the medium? Maybe. You're thinking of like a very specific like female character. I can think of several characters. Yeah. Yeah. Because that could be a list. They see so much negativity that it's kind of like, well, what's left for me to be negative too? So mm-hmm. they're usually more positive characters. So I feel like that's the vibe we that's get from she Elise. Plays. Yeah, she plays like a grandma. She's like polite and nice. And there's the scene where they go into Dalton's room and she's describing in a whisper kind of what she's seeing in the room. And the She has like quickly, specs, write it down. Yeah, quickly sketching it out. Pretty cool sketch, mm-hmm. I think. They line up with what Dalton had apparently been drawing previously. How do you not notice that? Oh, yeah, the drawings that the kid has up in his wall. It's like, what makes Josh realize, like, oh, shit. At some point, obviously, Josh is like, no, you know what? This is too at, much. At this moment, because after seeing that, Elise basically tells him, like, your son is a talented astral projection person, but he's been away from his body too long, and this demon, this specific entity, is, like, the closest to getting in his body. There's that scene where Josh sees the photos that the kid has drawn out, and they all match up to what Elise has drawn. That was after he goes off he kicks them out because he's like i don't believe this crap they call her back for what's like a seance where she puts on like this hazmat (laughs) suit like from olden times yes from olden times she looks like a witch doctor is she speaking a different language seems kind of like it right like she's whispering in a different i don't know if it's just like so muffled from the mask thing that you're not supposed to know what she's saying i think she starts off in english dalton was saying through elise that the spirits were surrounding and they were going to hear them. And so they needed to be quiet and he couldn't approach because there's things around them. Dalton gets up from his coma and is like throwing things around <laughs> and smacking things around. The paranormal investigators are reviewing the footage afterwards and they're like, oh, we had all these high tech cameras and it couldn't catch anything. All but those we... flashes were so cool. Like, just yeah, so it's it's all meant to like disorient you and just be like, where is it coming from? What's happening now? As, as the writing intensifies, the flashes are just going off and off and yeah. off and off, especially as Dalton is supposedly nearing them. The chaos in the room is insane. Yeah, and reviewing the, not the fancy equipment, but the like digital camera, they can see the demon holding Dalton's body and being able to like maneuver it which makes me think like it's so close to possessing him you know and that's when Elise is like okay we gotta we gotta talk about something 
And they bring in Lorraine, who basically finally has to fess up to Josh that the reason she knows at least the reason this is happening is because it's happened to them before with Josh. But Josh has repressed the memories of all this. Did they forcefully? Do you know if they... Because they said yeah. we repressed it, so they had done it to him. Yeah, at least it seems like through being able to communicate with spirits and things like that, kind of like repressed it in him. And they show these photos of him being a child. Because throughout the movie, we find out he hates having his picture taken. And it's because every time the mother would take the picture of the child... And oh, he hates taking his picture taken, yeah. which we'll find out later. Every time it seemed like this uh, woman in black, completely older looking woman, is getting closer and closer to him on every photo. And it's like... And when I realized that the closest she ever got to him, I had to have Elise help us out. And yeah. the picture is literally her hand about to touch his head. Yeah. I wonder how this works, though. Because he's awake in all his pictures. So yeah. So, like, I thought it was only when his body was... Or his spirit was away from his body in astral projection. But I think the idea is, like, they want to stay close to the body when the body does. Like, when they project. What's so. she going to do? Touch him during the day and just be, like, holding him the whole time while he's walking around? Just, like, tag your Anytime it, now. just never... Yeah, just Possibly. wait till he falls asleep. Because she calls it a parasite. A symbiote, if you will. <laughs> symbiote. Yeah. So naturally, and I think this whole last part can probably be breezed through because it's very much just, okay, you know what, Josh? We're going to put you in natural projection mode. You're going to be the hero of this movie. Gotta get your son. Gotta get your son. Go into the further and save the day. So he does. Josh is like, this isn't working. And he sees his body. And so Elise is guiding him through. He's in this dark world. He's in wherever the further is. This is what I was telling you about. Is there a light world and is there a dark world? Because he immediately starts off, in the dark. In the world. dark. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, where was Dalton having a good time? Not here, you know? Oh, but he also gets, like, really close to, like, the ghost figures because we get that ghost family where the daughter snaps and kills everyone. And she smiles creepily. Yeah, and she's, like, blinking, and Josh is, like, right up in their face. I would just be like, y'all good over there. I got business to take care of. <laughs> he fights off the vampire biker vampire dude. Biker dude. He's kind of like a mini boss mini boss yeah <laughs> it gets up to the red door that you've seen in dalton's drawings mm -hmm. and right before he gets to the red door this mini boss shows up and he has to do a fight another superhero moment where elise is like you control the dreams you can do it and push him off and so yes he just shoves the crap out of him and that mini boss is defeated yeah scott pilgrim um, power <laughs> unlocked yeah so he gets into the red room and then we get the main boss yeah <laughs> freddy krueger meets darth maul He's sharpening his nails. With hooves. With hooves, yeah. He's the devil Darth Maul Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good way to describe him, actually. He kind of looks like those red Japanese demons. They're called Hanya. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's exactly the names, but they're like a red mask that they would wear. And I think they do it in like dances and, and certain performances. They have somebody wear the mask. And that's what it reminded me of. I thought mm -hmm. the demon was inspired by something like that. You looked up an image. It looks kind of similar. And then we get the boss fight. Yeah, and his lair is where Dalton is chained up, and the dad essentially takes him and runs. He doesn't really fight him because it's all about the race to get back to the bodies. Elise and everyone else are seeing that Josh's body is kind of convulsing, and so they're kind of trying to call them back, and Elise is like, he's got Dalton. He needs to hurry himself, and Renee's like, why can't you wake him up? And she's like, he has to find his way back. We don't necessarily see Josh and Dalton actually get rid of that's where, lipstick was, that's where I was going to go with this as they're rushing towards the house. The house is in chaos and shaking because so many demons and ghosts are trying to like, this is like the final dash for the finish line, get into their bodies. Josh sees his demon and he's like, you? Like, haven't seen you in forever. Where you and been? And Dalton just run off. And Dalton's are, like racing towards his body already because Josh is like, I'll catch up. That scene makes more sense when you know the ending. 
because he's in the mirror yelling at it and he's yelling stuck. at it and you think that it's going away and as the scene is happening They're the camera's him. zooming towards josh's body you think the ghost is like going away because josh is yelling at it but it's actually retreating because it's making its way to the body like it, its goal was just to distract him long enough to to get into the body which we find out later Right. And similar, Dalton is running to his body and the demon's like crawling on the walls close behind him. And the next scenes are the two men, child, waking <laughs> men, up. Two, the men, child. Two men and child <laughs> waking up in their bodies. And it's a happy ending? Question mark? Everyone's yes. kind of like chilled after all this yeah. chaos that happened. Elise is talking to Josh because we never see the red the lipstick demon actually get defeated by Dalton. Mm-hmm. Just assume that he made it, but you don't see it happen. So I think as the viewer, at least I thought he could potentially be still in Dalton and we wouldn't know. But it ends up being the the dad with that situation because he gives Elise all the photos from his childhood. And he's like, I don't need this anymore, basically. And Elise is like, takes the photos and kind of it looks like freaked out for a minute. And he's like, what's wrong? She's like, nothing. And like slyly pulls out a camera. She does the thing that I do to you. We're just looking at you just straight up and just pull my phone up and take a picture take of you. Take a picture. Yeah. Two inches away. Yeah. It's basically what she does <laughs> with flash and everything. Takes a picture of him. And he like. Explodes. Freaks out. I told you I hate doing this. Why would you do that? And he strangles her. To death. To death. In case that wasn't clear. <laughs> they hear the commotion. Renee goes to look and see what happened. And she finds Elise dead and is looking for Josh. And she picks up the camera because it's not known at that scene that the demon has possessed him yet. You think he just had a freak out and killed her. And then it flashes back to that scene again that just happened. And we see that Elise saw like his hands were blackened and they weirded her out enough to take the picture. And when the flash goes off, it's very clear that it's the old lady parasite going to attack her. And Renee finds that picture, sees it, and... She can just hear her husband off screen being like, I'm over here. What's wrong? And she's turning around afraid and then cut the end of the movie. The blaring music that we love. CSI. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. But that's this movie. I really like this movie. And I don't remember Insidious 2 that well. Again, I think we should watch it for fun. Well, we finished it thinking, and I think you looked it up, that how does the next movie play off? Elise is dead. Who's going to help you? But she's also in it. Because I think from what I remember, it's told in like flashback stance where we get more background on like Josh's childhood situation. I, I could be wrong. the astral plane. Yeah. And then I have not actually, as much as I love this movie, again, I tend to fall off. With... Also, is this the plane where Freddy is? Are there parallels? Yes. That, that demon is Freddy's child. Oh, okay. Yeah. I fall off with sequels because I, I just tend to think they're not ever as good. So I don't know how the story continues and how they continue to explore the further and things like that. I was just about to say that, well, there's four of them. It's got to be good, right? I think it is good. I forgot everything about it. I was telling you that it's kind of weird because it's definitely a different point of view from typical hauntings where it's just the house is haunted and this family is possessed or whatever. This is like, there's like powers involved here. Yeah, it's a different story from the somebody was killed on the property type of backstory we get. You, you can even do whatever you want with the spirits because the spirits could necessarily just be anybody who wants to get into Dalton's body exactly. or your body in general if you're a natural projector. Does, yeah. I wonder if it dives into more of those spirits in the other ones. Yeah, I know it definitely dives into the uh, parasite spirit, but I love this movie. 10 out of 10. Yeah? Yeah. Eight for me. Really? Yeah. Eight's pretty high. What? Again, <laughs> I just want you to give one movie a 10 out of 10 or one drink a 5 out of 5. Oh, no. Well, we got to try a little harder to find some better movies, better drinks. Wow, your standards are unbelievably <laughs> high. 
No, I just don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to pretend that I think everything's below 10. Okay. Um, just so I don't seem pretentious. What's one movie that you already know you'd give a 10 out of 10? Trick or treat. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about what's good, Loki? Us in here right now. <laughs> yeah. He was kind of creeped out by the sounds when the spirits were were going off. The intro music kind of he didn't like either. And then again, he just slept through the rest. He didn't. He was more worried about what's outside because he had the windows open since it's nice oh. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of confused between the sounds outside and the sounds inside. <laughs> he was just stuck in the middle and didn't know where to run. <laughs> Poor guy. You want to tell us about it, Loke? Is that what was making you cry outside? I thought it was the movie. <laughs> We'll make sure to stop the sounds outside next time, boy. We'll stop the outside world from making noise. Is that it for us this week? I think so. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at ShakenNotScaredPod. Send us an email at ShakenNotScaredPod at gmail.com. Twitter is different. It is ShakenScaredPod. And you can support the show on Patreon. We'll name our next drink after you with mentions on our website where the drink page will live forever. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Give us a like, review, subscribe. Yeah, still waiting for that Apple review, guys. Come on. I'm going to go in there just so you can be happy. Yeah, just make a whole Apple account and review our show, please. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) Go do it, please. (laughs) See you next week. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.